Welcome to Calvary International Christian Center. This is a word to inspire, encourage, and motivate you to live a life to the fullest. God bless you as you listen. Shiloh is a very significant place. Somebody say, Shiloh is a place. It's an important place. I'll give you a little little history of Shiloh before we we actually... um, go about what we want to talk about this morning. Is that all right? So turn your Bibles with me to Joshua 18. It's a, it's, a, it's a story there. I want us to read it. Are you in Joshua? Joshua chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says that, And the whole congregation of the children of assembled together at Shiloh. Somebody say at Shiloh. At Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued, and there remained among them the children of Israel, even seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. Let me give you a little pretext of the context of the text we are reading. You will see that Israel had been in bondage in Egypt. The Lord had spoken to um, Moses to lead the people of Israel out of bondage. And they had come all the way from, 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 um, from Egypt through the Red Sea, sojourned in the, in the, on the uh, uh, wilderness for a very long time. And this time they had just about crossed into the promised land. You see, when they crossed into the promised land, the first tribe, the tribes, were given their inheritance just around the Jordan. So the first two tribes got their inheritance and they were settled. So Israel left the two tribes there and carried on. As they carried on, they went to a place called Shiloh. Now, Shiloh is a very important place. You understand in a minute what Shiloh meant. But they, they had gone to Shiloh. Now, remember that it's leading because Moses was dead, right? And they had gone to Shiloh. When they got to the Mount of Shiloh, they decided to set up the tabernacle of the Lord there. That means that they decided to, to uh, put the um, a house of God on Shiloh. And when they put the house of God on Shiloh, they put the ark of God in there. Amen. Remember the ark was made whilst in the wilderness by Moses. And he put the two stones in there and the rod of Aaron in there. Right? So now they are in Shiloh. And uh, after they had finished setting up the tent of of God, now Joshua, Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God, your father, has given you. Pick out from among you three men. Remember, 12 men. And the 12 men brought a lot of problems. Now, Joshua had learned that I'm not going to send that many people. Are you with me? It is only a fool who doesn't learn from their mistakes. Amen. When you see a mistake, don't re- change it. Somebody said that experience is the best teacher but I beg to differ. Experience is the best teacher to those who can afford to pay the school fees. 
and the school fees is very high. Learn from the experiences of others. A smarter person will learn from other people's experiences rather than their own experience. Because you are using somebody's fees to learn. Somebody has spent a lifetime of regrets doing something. Now you sit back, you watch the thing, and you say that I will not go this way because this way is going to end that way. Amen. Joshua learned and said that my father sent three, uh, 12 men to spy out the land and that brought us problems. I am going to send three. Amen. I'm going to send only three. He sent three men. Pick among you three men from each of the tribes and I will send them and they shall rise and go through the land and survey it according to their inheritance and come back. Divide into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south. And the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory in the north. You shall therefore survey the land. Bring the survey here to me that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord. But the Levites, someone say by the Levites. Remember the Levites were part of the twelve of Israel, of Jacob. Jacob's son, one of them was called Levi. The Levites, they, they were supposed, the, the lineage of the Levites are those that became the priests. Amen. So that for the priests, but the priests have no part among you. For the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. Somebody say the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. You know, show that pastors are not supposed to be engaged in wealth finding and wealth, you know, uh, amassing because their portion is the Lord's. Am I talking to somebody? Those who want to be pastors. Your portion is the Lord. Others are getting lands. Others are getting inheritance and properties. But you have no property because your property is the Lord. Your portion is the Lord. What it meant was that your portion is the Lord because the other 11 sons will come and give you tithe and offering and that is what you are supposed to So when you, see, you say that the pastor is chopping the church's money, you are right. That is his portion. Am I talking to somebody? His portion is what? I went to church. The pastor was saying that we have to bring him the offering so that he chop. You know, this is why I don't like going to this type of churches because they are all. If I go to the Catholic Church of England, I don't have to pay anything. What you don't understand is that the Church of England, they have the government tithing to them. And in the, in the olden days, all the, the, the kings of England made it a point to amass wealth for the church. So when you see a road, you know the roads, Vicarage, have you, have you seen Vicarage? Vicarage Street, Mews, have you heard Mews? Or Church Road or Church Lane. All the properties on Mews, Vicarage Road, uh, uh, Church Lane belongs to the Church of England. 
They are, they, are, they are that belong to the Church of England that are supposed to pay special rate to the church. Even when those buildings are bought, the, the, land, the, the tax you pay, property tax, is given to the church because it belongs to the church. The government doesn't keep it. That's just by the way. Okay, let's go on. Where are we? Verse 7, the inheritance in the Lord. And God and Reuben and Hadar of the tribe of Manasseh shall receive their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses the servant gave to them. Then the men arose and went to go away. And jo- Joshua charged them, charged those that went the land, saying, Go, walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, and that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So the men went and land and rose, wrote the survey in a book and the seven parts of the cities and they came to Joshua at the camp in Shiloh and the Joshua cast lots in the Lord and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. Amen. So you see that even though the land it was not divided in equal parts. Are you with me? That is why you must never compare yourself with, your, with each other. Because God will bless somebody more than you. You will be more blessed than Don't apologize for it. It is God. Hallelujah. I said it is God. So coming back to Shiloh, you see that Shiloh was the place that the presence of the Lord was. It was the talk to them about how he was going to give the inheritance. It was Shiloh was a place that they went to every year to have a covenant with God. Are you are you with me? For three hundred and sixty-five years, Shiloh remained the holy place of God, where all the twelve tribes of Israel came each year to worship before the Lord. Until David came, and David. Uh, took the ark from Shiloh to, the, to Judah, to, to the temple of God. Shiloh was the presence of God all this while. Now, the first mention of Shiloh can be found in Genesis 40.10. J- Jacob, when he was blessing his children, I'm giving you the background to Shiloh. Jacob, when he was blessing his children, said to Judah, the worship man, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from his feet until Shiloh comes. Amen. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Genesis 9 and 10. The scepter shall not depart. That means the lawgiver or the king, the rulership, you know, a scepter is the the staff of authority. It is what people recognize you as the king. Have you seen that every king has a scepter? If you see, uh, Queen Elizabeth has a golden one that she never holds, but somebody holds in front of her when she's going to parliament once in a year. It shows that this is the king, this is the queen. A scepter shall not depart until Shiloh comes. Now, the Bible commentator says that this Shiloh that was referred to by uh, Joshua, Jacob, 
was not a, 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 a place, the place or the church. But Shiloh was talking about the Son of God. Shiloh was talking about the Messiah. So Shiloh is the Messiah. Are you with me? Until the Messiah come. That is what some people say. I'm just the definition of Shiloh and then we'll move on. Hallelujah. But some people say that Shiloh, that's the name, Shiloh, the meaning is, is a title. Now, the, Shiloh, the word Shiloh comes from the word Shalah. Somebody say Shalah. That's S-H-A-L-A. Shalah, which means fair heaven or open heaven. Hallelujah. The word Shiloh comes from the word Hebrew word Shalah, which means open or tranquil or fair heaven. May heavens be open to you this morning. Or I say, may heavens be open to you this morning. As you come to the presence of God at Shiloh, there is an open heaven. Have you seen that? Have you been to a church where they have like a seat in the on the on the on the pulpit or on the stage where nobody sits? Have you seen it before? It, it's supposed to be a representation of the ark. It's a, it's a representation of of the presence of God, or it's a, how Shiloh looks like because Shiloh must have the God of the heavens seated there. What made Shiloh an important place was that the ark was there. Amen. What makes this place an important place is that the presence of God is here. Sometimes we come to this room and we forget that we are in the presence of God. It doesn't have to be a service to know that the presence of God is here. It could be any day, any time you are here, know that the presence of God is here. I'm thinking that maybe one day we'll have like a, a, a chair somewhere. You know, the, the thing is that a lot of people make a shrine and a fetish out of it. That's why people don't like to put it there. But you must understand the presence of God. Once you're in the house of God, the presence of God is always here. Am I talking to somebody? That is why it's important to come and pray here. Not only when church is in session, but you, 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 want, you having a prayer time with God, come into this place. Anywhere here to pray, this is an open heaven. Am I talking to somebody? Hallelujah. We will know that Shiloh is where the prophet of God served. Amen. The prophet, you remember Eli? Eli served in Shiloh. And after Eli, he had his sons, Hophni and Phineas, to serve after him, isn't it? But then Samuel came, and Samuel was rather the prophet. Amen. So the high priest Eli was in Shiloh, and the prophet Samuel lived also in Shiloh. Amen. So after giving you all the background, now let's go to talk about really the substance, substantive um, issue that we have to deal with today. And that is keeping God. Someone say covenant keeping God. God is a God of covenant. Hallelujah. I said our God is a God of covenant. And anybody that makes a covenant with God, God will make a covenant. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. It can be initiated by one person or both. Amen. God can initiate a covenant with man. So can men innant with God. Amen. So we are going to look at a few 
people that initiated covenants with God, why they initiated the covenant and what the covenant did for them. Is that all right? So let's start with Abraham. Abraham. How many remember Abraham? I want to use this Bible, but it's too heavy. Is it okay to use this one? I promise you it's the Bible. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, I am your shield and great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house, this Eliezer, of them and then Abraham looked Abraham, Abraham Abraham said look you have given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is an heir so the lord the word of the lord came to him saying this shall not be your heir but one who shall be born or one who shall come from your own body shall be your heir and he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count the num- you're able to number them, he shall he and he said, So shall your descendants be. He believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Then he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of the air of the church. To give you this land to inherit it. Hallelujah. Now, when we look at Abraham, Abraham, he was a man that was following after God. He was said, he was going after God. God said, Leave your mother and father's house and to a land that I will show you. And he decided to go. It is not an easy thing to go out of your comfort zone. Am I talking to somebody? It's not an easy thing to get up and where you have no agenda, but God has sent you. It is not easy f- to follow after God. You know, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy. Life is such that our human to be free. We like to do things that we want to do. We don't want anybody or anything to, to um, be, you know, shackle us. We want to be free. But this man, Abraham, had followed after God. Even the little worshiper, he decided to follow after God. And he went. And even as he was following, he had a need. How many have a need in this place? You have a need. And it, as you have been obeying and following after doing all the things that you want God, to, you are doing for God, still you, the need is there. And the fact that the need is there doesn't mean that God is not God. And the fact that the need is there doesn't mean that God would automatically answer it. You see, you can walk with God for a long time and have a problem or have a need and God will never address it until you bring it up. Amen. I know some people, when they go to uh, uh, pray, maybe they're having a difficult marriage or they're having a difficult time at work or anything. And when they go to pray, they don't say anything. They just go and cry. Am I talking to somebody? Do you know somebody who knows somebody who, who knows what I'm talking about? Give me a wave. Only one person. 
So, so they are crying and they are crying and they are crying. They say, God, can't you see my tears? The fact that I can see your tears doesn't mean that I know what your problem is. And the fact that you serve me, the fact that you are always with me, doesn't mean that I should know that you have... I know you are childless. I know, Abraham, that you want a child. I know that you think about this fact, the fact that this Eliezer, uh, who is, who is a, 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 your servant, is going to have to inherit and get all the goods, that, uh, the houses and the cattle and the camels that you have. I know that. But until you articulate, until you bring it out, God is not a, a responder to emotions. You know, people like emotions. They respond to emotions. You know, it's like, it's like, dad, you must understand. You know, some wives have this silent treatment. Sister, say amen. amen. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's like, I am going to be quiet. Are you okay? Fine. What is happening? Nothing. Oh, so won't you talk to me? I don't feel like talking. I'm just quiet. What is happening? I don't know. You know, when I got married, that was one of my pet hates. That my wife will be talking to me. And she also used to love it so much. You know, I was like, I, I used to tell her, listen, I'm not an idiot. You can't stop talking. So when you go quiet, it means there is something. But I am not a mind reader. If you don't tell me what is happening, I won't know. Sometimes maybe oh, uh, I stayed too long you to some people, you know, in the choir meeting, and she was hungry. And so we are at home. This is Monday or Tuesday. I am not talking. How am I supposed to connect choir rehearsal and me staying to Monday that you are not talking to me. And some of us, we take it into prayer. We take it to God. Oh Lord, you must understand. Threatening me. Where were you? Today I won't pray. Come to church. I won't lift my hand. I won't worship. I am quarreling with God. I am giving God the silent treatment. is God supposed to know? Sisters, please open your mouth and say what the problem is. Because saying the problem, half of the problem solved. Because when you keep quiet, you allow Satan to talk to you and make the problem bigger than it is. I wish some sisters would clap their hands and say, preach on, pastor, preach on. Because I'm, sa- I'm giving you deliverance. I used to tell my wife, listen, if you tell me what I did that you didn't like, it will help me not to do it again. But if you keep quiet, the probability of me doing it... So, Abraham opened his mouth and said, Lord, maybe you can't see. Maybe too far in heaven, so you can't see what is happening here. But you must understand that I don't have a son, I don't have a child. And in the culture that they belong to, anybody who hasn't got a child was looked down on. 
following you how can i be serving you and 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 my most pressing need you are not answering so abraham confronted god this morning i prayed that god with some needs Oh, I said this morning, I pray that you will come to God with some things that are bothering you. Some things that you are anxious about. The Bible says that be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and, thans- and supplication, when let your request be made unto the Lord. Am I talking to somebody? Until you open your mouth and you let your request come to the Lord. The Lord doesn't appreciate that you have a problem. The whole world is full of problems. Everybody has a problem. But until you articulate it, it is your problem. When you articulate it, then you have given the problem unto him. In Matthew eleven twenty, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Until you come to God with your problem, the problem remains your property, and you have to... Hello? So, Abraham goes to God and he talks about this. And God says to him, li- listen to what God's, God's response. Uh, uh, what, what chapter were we reading? Chapter 15. Go to chapter 17. Chapter 17, are you there? When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abraham and s- said to him almighty god walk before me and be blameless and i will make my covenant between you me and you i will multiply you exceedingly amen see so here abraham has come in two chapters prior and said to god i have a deed and two chapters down god comes back to abraham and says that i have a response this is my response. I am going to make a covenant between you and me. If you are looking for the title of this message, it's Covenant Keeping God. Amen. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and shall be a father to you shall be a father to many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. But your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make a nation or nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I will give you and your descendants after you the land which you, you are a stranger and all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. I will be their God. Amen. So now God is setting the terms. Amen. God is setting. See that in a covenant, two people can set the terms or one can set the terms. You know, when a man and a woman come before the altar, and they say that with all my bodily uh, goods do I to you, isn't it? And then they, 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 will you take this man, let it be your lawful whether do I, he said, I do. And then would you take this woman, be your lawful wedded husband? It's a covenant between two parties. 
Amen. And God said to Abraham, as, you, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and you shall and you you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant. Now the, God is setting the terms. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Ale among you shall be circumcised. Every male child. Can you see that? And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be of the covenant between me and you. Every covenant has a sign. Or every covenant requires a sign. You know, when you come to have a covenant between a man and a woman, we have a sign. And the sign is a ring to the man, a ring to the woman, as a sign of the covenant we have made. Prior to the making of the covenant, there was no ring on the finger. But as soon as the covenant is exchanged, the ring comes on to tell us that we have a covenant. So many years after, the ring is still on the finger to remind you of the day and what happened in the day. Am I talking to somebody? And remind you of the covenant you have made one to the other. Amen. He who is eight days old among you, circumcised. Every male child in your generation, he who is born in your house or brought or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your. A lot of people have problem with this bought with money, slavery, and all that connotation. But I'll leave it there. That's for another argument for another day amen but what he was saying that anybody that comes into your jurisdiction into your inhabitation anybody that comes into your house because i have a covenant with you that covenant affects them you see a covenant is not just with the party anybody that comes under one party or the other enjoys the covenant. there's a certain, a certain covenant that you enjoy in this house in this church that you don't even know about am i talking to somebody that's why the bible says that Anybody that breaks the, the hedge, the serpent will bite. But so long house, any covenant in the house, any blessing in the house is also yours. Are you, are you with me? The, the, the fact that you, you are uh, a smith or you are a mason or you are a Josam or Jones, any blessing in the Jones family is yours. Any curse in the ble- in the family of the Joneses, you also inherit it in equal measure. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So he's saying that anybody that will come in your domain, you, if you read Galatians, you see that now the Bible says the, the, the blessings of Abraham has been appropriated to us because God made a covenant with Abraham. Remember the covenant that was made with Abraham was as a result of the need that Abraham had. But God extended it and said that because you have made a covenant, I've made a covenant with you. If you keep your side of the bargain, I'll my covenant way after you to your children's children's children. So that the blessings that I'm supposed to give to only you, I will extend it beyond you. Covenants are very important. Amen. Covenants are very important. People make covenants. You see, so this covenant, you see that the man, Abraham, went to God. I have a need. 
Abraham was not thinking about a covenant. All he said was, I have a need. I am serving you, but I need a child. And God says that I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to do this and do that and do this for you. Now let's look at another person who made a covenant with God. Genesis 28. Genesis 28, Jacob, verse 16. Then Jacob asleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. You would, incidentally, this place that Jacob was running away from his brother, that's the context of the text, away from his brother because he had stolen his brother's birthright. And as he was going, he landed up in a place that was called Luz. And he, he was so tired, he decided to sleep. And as he something happened. When he woke up, he also said something. So that's what we are reading. Verse 17. And he was afraid and said, How else? This is none other than the house of, of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Remember Shiloh is, the name Shiloh is what? Open heaven. The, uh, 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 the gates of heaven, of heaven. This is a place where angels are descending, ascending and descending, and he has seen it. This is definitely Shiloh. And when I am in Shiloh, it's an opportunity to make a vow. When you come, it's an opportunity to make a vow before the Lord. Amen. And then he said that. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone which he had put on his, put at his head, set it up as a pillow, a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city had been loose previously. Verse 20. Jacob made a vow. Somebody say Jacob made a vow. Is somebody ready to make a vow today? Jacob made a vow and says, saying, if the Lord will be with me, if the Lord will in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I will come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, someone say this stone, this stone that I have set as a pillar shall be the house god's house and of all that god gives me i will surely give a ten hallelujah he said and now this place i am going to use it as uh, what's it called the house of god when if god is with me and god blesses me i'm going to house of god a house here for god and everything that god gives me i'll pay a tenth as my offering amen he said that i am running i'm going i don't know how many are going through this year and how you are going or where you are going you don't know you are not sure you are not sure what is going to happen this year you don't know what is going to just so like jacob you are not sure where you are going is going to happen the outcome of your your uh, adventure you are not sure about it but this one thing that is uh, that i'm sure about i'm sure about the lord 
of the morning, the Lord of the day, the Lord of the of the destination, because the earth is, is his throne and the earth is his footstool. He created the heavens and the earth. So I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what is in heaven, but I know God. So if I can commit my future to the hand of God, that he will keep me, first of all. Number two, that he will bless me and prosper the work of my hands. You know, there is one thing to work hard. There's another thing to prosper. What a lot of people don't realize is that they think that the, my, my prosperity comes from the hardness of my work that I do. But I can show you people who work ten times harder than you have anything. So it's not how hard you work. This is not an opportunity to be lazy. Because the Bible says, I let the slothful hand not eat. So God is in us. I had to bring that correction. God is not a God. You see, these days we have been preaching messages as churches. We are preaching messages that make people lazy. I'm the God of the ninth hour. God of miracles. Now my papa, God of... So it's like God of miracles. Even if I'm not working, God can miraculously bring the wealth of the wicked to me. No, 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 no. God worked six days. And on the seventh day, so you you have to work and rest. Not rest seven days and work one day. Hello? Am I talking? Hello? Nobody's minding. The people are going home now. Let me climb up so that nobody comes to fight me after what else. Amen. Oh, I said amen. He blesses hard work. But hard work alone is not what brings about the blessing. A blessing is a supernatural orchestration that makes the little that you do become prosperous. And a curse is an invisible hand that stops you from moving. Can I have a, a little boy? Come. You come. Okay, you come. Okay, try and go. Try and go. go. Go back to your seat. This is what a curse looks like. A curse is an invisible hand that holds you. You are trying to prosper. You are trying to go forward. You are trying to do a lot. You have a lot of plans to build a house. A lot of plans to do a lot of businesses. But every business you engage fails. Every plan you, 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 you try to work is not working. Why? Because there's an invisible hand that is holding you back. Looks like. And a blessing looks like this. Okay, try and climb the chair. Try, you are climbing the chair. The blessing lifts you up. So the small, you just have to uh, take your foot up. And then the blessing just lifts you. So some people will, will ask you, what is the secret? What do you do? They ask for you, you are very lucky. Have you heard somebody say that? You, you are very lucky. As for you, everybody, you just came. All of a sudden, today you are getting, people have been here for 10 years. And nobody has said hello to them. Go. Hello? Have you ever been to a wedding before? Have you seen a bridegroom before? The bridegroom, the bride, sorry, the bride is not the most prettiest in the room. Hello? The bride is not, 
almost always not the most prettiest. In fact, if you, if you put together with the bridesmaid or the bridal party, amongst the girls, she is not the prettiest. But somehow, the one that was chosen was yes. Hello? Favor is not fair. Blessing is not fair. Are you with me? It's not by hard work alone. I, I like hard work a lot. I like hard work. But hard work alone doesn't prosper anybody. What brings about prosperity is grace. It's blessing. Amen. And the grace and the blessing and the cursing is a invisible hand. Someone say an invisible hand. An invisible hand that orchestrates. See, God rules in the affairs of men. And you can appropriate the blessings of God to you. Amen. On, on, on Friday at the all night, we're looking at the blessings that God gave to uh, the people of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says that if you are willing and obedient, these are the blessings that will come upon you. You shall be blessed in the city. You shall be blessed in the field. You sh- all the nations shall call you blessed. I will lift up your head. I will show you something that you, you, and you can't have by yourself. Amen. That was a blessing because of a covenant that God came into with the people that if you obey me, then these blessings will come upon you. Then he says that, but if you do not, then these curses will come upon you. The blessings that God gave to them was as much as the curses that God gave to them if you don't obey. Because God is a just God. So he has to reward obedience. And he has to punish disobedience. Amen. So let's look at Jacob. Go to chapter are we on? Chapter 30, isn't it? Let's go to chapter 30. We're on chapter 28. Two chapters. Just as uh, uh, Abraham, two chapters, he had a response, isn't it? Now look at verse 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place. Entry. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go away for I have I, for you know my service which I have done before you. And Laban said to him, Please stay with me. Stay here. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned, somebody say, For I have learned. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me. Now, the, the, the covenant was made by Jacob to God when he was running. Had made a covenant with God, he moves to the land of Laban and becomes a servant to Laban. And now he's about, he wants to leave Laban's house. And look at what Laban is saying. I have learned by experience, God has blessed me because of you. Your vow goes beyond you. I say your covenant goes beyond you. Any covenant you make with God, it goes beyond you. People around you will be blessed because of the covenant you make. Am I talking to somebody? 
Yeah. Jacob wasn't thinking about Laban when he was making a covenant to God, was he? He didn't even know what he was going to even meet. But here, he's saying that I have learned by experience that God has blessed me because of you. Then he said, name your wages and I will give it to you. Can you imagine your boss saying to you, name how much do you want to be paid? Uncle Daniel, can you imagine? You go to your employer and say, how much do you want to be paid? I'll pay you anything you say. Don't be afraid. Say it. I'll pay. That's a covenant keeping God. Because Jacob had every intention to uphold his son. If you will be with me, you keep me, you prosper me. Now, when he went to Laban's house, Laban tricked him. Remember that story? Laban gave Leah instead of and then I had to serve more years than he planned to serve. And then after all these things, still, the man doesn't want to release him. So he says, okay. So Jacob said, you know, I've served you all these years and I've looked after your livestock. If you want me to stay, then I'm going to make a covenant with you. This is the covenant. All the lives that have specks and spots, speckled and spotted sheep will be mine. Because they are the few sheep. Because all the sheep have one color. All the cows have one color. Or white. Or black. But he said that the ones that have different spots, so they are brown, but they have white spots, they'll be mine. They are black, but they have uh, uh, brown spots, they'll be mine. Whatever has specks or, or other things, I will take. That's as my wish. Because now we are no more uh, employer, employee, or master servant. We are now business partners. So it's a sp- spotted and a speckled sheep. Then he said, fine. But remember, Jacob was coming from a blessed place. He was coming from a blessing. He was coming from a vow that he had made. Laban had not made any vow with God. So when he, he, he agreed, he said, the, spe- the spotted and the speckled sheep, they are not even up to 20%, up to 10%. Is that all you want? So I'm going to get 80% and you get 20%. That's a good deal. So Laban, and as, as they are working, as they are working together, God gives Jacob an idea. See, some people think that the blessings of God is just overnight you'll be walking, then you stumble over some, some briefcase and then you open the briefcase and there's two million, three million, you know, pounds in there. Or, or you go to your bank account and then all of a sudden it's like somebody has trans, somebody was trying to do fraud, 419, and they transfer some money to four million pounds and it and landed accidentally into your bank account. They got the digits wrong. And now because it's a it's a, a, a 419 type of thing, they can't come. So the money is yours. Some way, somehow, you know, all things work together for the good. So they found themselves in, in that place. No, 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 no. That is not how God's blessing works. The blessing works. God will give you an idea. Or God will bring somebody your way. 
God will orchestrate something. That thing is a key. Amen. So God gave Jacob an idea, the idea that God gave Jacob. Jacob, when the cattle and the sheep come to the water place to drink water, as they are drinking water, they are looking. I want you to create an image that will reflect on the water so that when the, the cattle see the reflection, that is what they will reproduce. You are what you see. I said you are what you, you see. You are what you eat. You are what you hear. Do you understand? That is why the Bible said, you hear. And be careful what you allow your eyes to see. Some of us, our eyes only see negative things. Anytime, anywhere, any place, all you can see is negative. Oh, uh, the song was nice, but why was the other girl moving this way when everybody was moving that way? Is that all you could see? The word was nice, but it was too long. Is that all you saw? Oh, the church is nice, but it's only this. Or there's this, but it's only that. There is this. All you see is negative things. People are specialized, specialist negative naysayers. That's all they see. You know, like the opposition party in some countries. Never see any good that is done. Everything is bad. It's a wrong thing. It's wrong because not everything everybody do will be bad. Even the earth has some good parts. And even the angel, the best person, has some bad parts. So call it as it is. You don't like what I'm saying. Hmm? Let me preach on. So, he takes the skin of speckled and spotted sheep and he hangs it over the water, the water trough. So, as they come to drink, it reflects in the water. You know, the word of God says that the, the word of God is the water or the mirror of the word. So, what you, as we, we look into the mirror, James says that as we look into the mirror of the, we know in part, we become it. As we keep looking, as we are looking, that is what we see, and that is what we become. That is why you must, it's important to be in the house of God and a place like this. Because you'll be encouraged. Are you with me? You'll be you you you'll be allowed to see things that you didn't think were possible from the word of God. And that will encourage you, that will motivate you, that will move you. Am I talking to somebody? So the sheep came, they looked and they saw spotted and speckled. So guess what? When they reproduce, you reproduce after your kind. This after what you see. You reproduce. You see, if you are around negative people, and all you hear is negative, all you see is negative. It's only a matter of time you also reproduce negative. If you hang around lazy people. And all the time they are building castles in the air. And that is all you see. That is all you hear. Every time. Oh, ask for me. Uh, 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 tomorrow I will build a, a, a house, a mansion. 
But for today, let's stretch a little. That's all they do. It's only a matter of time. I don't care how hard working you are. You also become lazy. Can two work to except they agree? There must be some agreement. So move away from negative people and negative things. Are you, are you, are you with me? Yeah, yeah. We have been at this mountain for far too long to stay the same. How many are tired of being tired? Give me a wave. You are tired of going merry-go-round. You are going around. You know, three years ago, you are the same spot. You know, sometimes when you go to the wall and you do bank balance and then go peep, 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 and then it comes up. Three years ago, figure. Three years on, I am seeing the same figure. If something must tell you that no, you are going around the same mountain and something is not working. Hello? You see, it's not the type of job you do that makes you preach. Can I talk to somebody? It's not the job you do. Every job can bring prosperity. I don't care what type of job it is. Don't think that when I get that promotion, when I get that job, I'll be prosperous. No, 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 no. You never prosper with a job. What you prosper is with investments. Investment is what brings prosperity. Your job produces wages. And wages is used to live daily. When goods are increased, increase are they that consume it. So when you are on a, 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 a hundred pounds a month or a month, you live the lifestyle of 200 pounds. When you move from 200 pounds to 2,000 pounds a month, your lifestyle will change to correspond to the 2,000 you are getting. When you go to 4,000, your lifestyle will move to correspond to your... So you can never prosper with the wages. What brings about prosperity... It's the investments you make. Because prosperity is a result of the dividends of the investment you have made. What investment are you making? Hello? How many know that you're making an investment right now? As you're sitting here. The words you are hearing is an investment. That will bring a return. If you go and sit in front of the TV all day. It also brings a certain yield. Hello? If you go to a football stadium all weekend, it also brings a certain return. Hello? You go to a nightclub all weekend, all night, it also brings a return. Life is about investments and dividends sowing and reaping planting amen so this guy he shows the sheep what he wants them to produce the sheep in return produce after what they are seeing so all of a sudden the speckled and the spotted have gone from 20% to 25%. Jacob uh, noticed. Then he moves to 35%. 
he still doesn't take notice. Then moves to 40%. He still is not sure. Now I'm seeing that there's a, quite a lot of speckled and spotted sheep. Then all of a sudden, they are almost 50-50. Then, he's, ah. then before he realized, it's 60-40. So at the point, Jacob, uh, Labor had a meeting with his close confidants and allies. Says there's something happening here. The deal that you made with this Jacob guy, now it looks like the 20% have moved. Now they are around 65%. If you don't send Jacob and you make him stay here, by the time you realize you will now be the 20% and he will be 80%. So let him go. So Laban comes and says, listen, I don't even want you to sleep tonight. I don't want you to sleep tonight. Pack your things and leave. Where are we? Go tonight. So they packed hurriedly. And as they were packing, Rachel stole one of his father's gods. And that brought a lot of problems. Because the father came after looking for the God. Amen. But you see that the vow that Abraham made worked. All the way to Galatians, the vow was working. The vow that uh, uh, Jacob made worked many years after. It was still working. It was still working. Time will not permit me to look at Hannah. Hannah made a vow in Shiloh. Say that, God, I know you have a need. In 1 Samuel 1, he said, I know you have a need. I know you need a man servant. I also need a child. So this is my covenant. If you give me a child to serve, to, to be, to, to take away the shame that my rival is always putting on me. If you can take the shame away from me, then I will present the child to you eight days after. Give me the child only for eight days. I'll give the child to you. And God said this. Not only will I give you Samuel, I'll give you seven more children besides Samuel. Hallelujah. So, a vow was made by Hannah. And eight days later, she weaned the child and brings the child to Elkanah and said, this is the child that I came to cry. That you thought I was drunk. This is the child for whom I Now the child has been weaned, circumcised. Can you have the child? So Samuel was given to Elkanah. He served all the days of his life in the presence of God. And for that act alone, God gave Hannah seven sons. Amen. Shiloh experience is not only for the old days. It is happening today. Amen. It is happening today. So, like Hannah, like Jacob, like Abraham, like Noah. I didn't have time to talk about Noah and his. In Genesis 8, Noah also made a vow. That vow was represented by the rainbow. Hallelujah. Everybody in this room has a need. Am I correct? Is that is your I have a need. And I know that the need that I have, I cannot give myself that. Because if it's something I can 
provide for myself, then it's not something I, do, I should take to God. But if I cannot provide it for myself, then I need God. How many know that there's something that you cannot provide for yourself? I, can't, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I don't know what is happening in the future. I don't know what black in a few days' time. I have a need. And I want to come to God. I want to come to God. To have my own shower. It, it's not... Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. People are trying to write. Stop writing anything. Stop fidgeting with your purse to take money. It's not about money. Are you with me? It's not about money. It's about you and God making a vow to God. I'm going to do this for you or I'm giving this because I want that. And you see, a covenant or measure, don't give two pounds and expect two million pounds. It doesn't work like that. You know, some people try to cheat God. They try to do, you know, the 20, 80. Let me give you 20, you give me 80. Or let me give you 20, you give me 200. It's not it. I need a child. So I'm donating a child. That's what Hannah said. I want a child. I'm donating a child. Jacob says that I need, I need favor. I need blessing. So anything you give me, I'm going to give you one tenth. And apart from one tenth, I'm going to build a house for you. So it's not just tenth that Jacob gave. Because to build a house for God, you must provide for the priest that will God. You must provide for the building that will come in. You must provide for the maintenance and repairs. It's not just 10%. Hello? So I, I, I want us to come with that in mind. Every, to each and their own. How you see your God. How you see God's provision is up to you. Amen. But, but I know that I need some blessing. I know I need some favor. I know I need some help. I'm doing a lot of hard work and I've seen that hard work pays but it doesn't pay as much as I want it to pay. So I need God's assistance, divine assistance. So if God will be with me in this 2017, if you help me in this way and provide me, then I am going to do ABC for the Lord. I want us to rise to our feet, everybody. I want you to forget everybody standing by you. Individual affair. It's not even a family affair. It's an individual affair. Bible says that Hannah went to the altar at the temple and she knelt down and she prayed. Her, only her lips moved but no sound was heard. And Eli, the high priest, was sitting at the back of the doorpost at Shiloh and thought that the woman was drunken. And Eli said, how long will you be drunken? Put away the the drink, the wine from your mouth, from, from you. Then, Lord, my, my, my Lord, I am not drunk. But out of the desire, the hurt in my heart, have I spoken to God? About you, but if you have a need, you want to come to the altar and make a vow to the Lord. This is your opportunity. Frontier, 
kneel, pray, stand, whatever you want to do. I have a need. I have a need. I have a need. I have a need. I have a I have a need. I have a need. I don't know about you, but I have a need. I've tried, but I need God. I've tried, but I need God. I've tried, but I have a need. Hope you've been blessed by the word. You can visit our website on www.calvaryinternationalchristiancenter.org or our Facebook page, Calvary International Christian Center. Call us on 0044 Be blessed.